0: Hey guys, it's Alexia James, and this is Diary of 20 something, a podcast that is going to dive into the experiences of being in your 20s and trying to figure it out. The wins, the failures, the heartaches, and the struggles, with everything in between. It's Alexia, and welcome back to Diary of a 20-something. This episode is super special because we're talking about breast cancer awareness today. And my guest today is Nathaniel. She's going to introduce herself a little bit. Hi, guys. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry. Hi, guys. Um, So I'm Nathaniel. I'm typically somebody you see on the internet giving jokes. But today I'm going to be tapping into my serious set a little bit to talk about a topic that is very close to my heart, so I hope you guys will enjoy it. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's jump right into it. So I want to ask you, what does OBGYN mean? Or do you know what it means? Gynecologist? <laughs> <laughs> like, some... Obs- I don't know. All right, so the reason I'm asking is because I was speaking about it, and... Somebody asked me, somebody in this room actually asked me and they had no idea what it was. So OB stands for optrition, and that's somebody who just deals with delivering babies and then GYN is gynecologist. So just health of vaginal and that's what it means. Um, But I actually wanted to have an OBGYN guest on because in terms of just breast cancer awareness on a whole, I always see everybody's like, okay, October's breast cancer awareness, but what tips are we actually giving to just be mindful of it to actually get tested? And that's the first thing I want to talk about. So, have you gotten tested this year? Just your mammogram or anything?
1: Actually, heard that I was too young for a mammogram. So How um, old are you now, though? 22.
0: Oh, no. You're able to get it now?
1: Because uh, I was having a conversation at my office, actually, this yeah. week. And one of my coworkers was saying that mammograms are for all women, like mm-hmm. 40 and above. And when you're younger, they do a burst ultrasound yeah. on you. So, you can do that one instead of the mammogram. But so I, I didn't actually, know that.
0: Yeah. So. I got one because after my mom passed, we wanted to be like more preventative in terms of just proactiveness. So I got a breast ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get it and it just like checks if you have any ulcers or anything, but that's definitely one of the main things that you can do. Um, so in terms of any other OBGYN test you did, was it awkward for you or, cause I know people are always like they're scared to do it or they have hesitations towards it.
1: I'm one of those people, hesitations, um, but not scared because um, I saw a tweet one time that said, you, when you go to the doctor, you find out what's wrong with you, so his doctors really kill you. So <laughs> I found it very funny, but I had one earlier, I think like two months ago, I went mm-hmm. to the OBGYN and I was like, oh, what is, because...
0: <laughs> Did they talk you through it in terms of um, this happening?
1: Yeah, but he was a man, so, you know, I said, no man, should I just really you know, for somebody else, <laughs> but not him. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was um, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was a little bit better. It was still bad enough. It was a little bit better. I really like. myself. Would you prefer
0: out. to go to a female OBGYN? At, At this
1: point, me. just one. I don't know. Um, all my OBGYNs have been um, men. Okay. So I've never had uh, a female.
0: Mine was actually female. And it wasn't, like, that bad. Of course, that was my first one. So I did, like, my first smear and everything they say and i won't lie like i was hesitant towards it because i was like because when you ask online they had people who said it hurt yeah and then like i saw other doctors commenting on it and they were like if it hurts any person doesn't know what they're doing so i was like all right (laughs) so it should be fine
1: yeah that's true because my doctor was like you're just gonna feel a little bit like a discomfort Mm -hmm. and i was like but when i see it online everybody's talking about it's the worst thing so when i was doing it i was like hmm if me did, I just say, so you know, like I was really prepared for it, the worst. And as I was saying, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, because I really psyched myself out to make it a bigger deal than it was.
0: But yeah, I just. So if you had to encourage somebody to go out to the OBGYN, what would you say to them?
1: Do it. <laughs> no, I think mean, literally like mm. it's better to know and try to work on it if anything is wrong, actually, and instead of like not knowing and then one day you just feel this immense pain and you reach out stage four and you're just like, jano, I'm going to just have a drop out and don't. You can't drop out if you didn't know about it earlier. You get me?
0: And what do you think about the stigma? Because I think a lot of people are like, okay, it's not in my family, so I don't need to go and check. You know, I can just like post a picture or post a story or post a graphic and it'll be fine.
1: Um, That's a huge misconception because you could actually be the first person in your family it's to... True. Be affected by something like this, so it doesn't have to be hereditary. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be like that. Um, that's just being ignorant to me personally yeah. because anything can happen to anybody.
0: Do you think that breast cancer is still like taboo in Jamaica, even though like, it's all this publicity around it? Are people actually talking about it in the sense that I'm a female and I need to check my breasts? Do you think it's still taboo?
1: Um, outside of October, I don't really hear anybody talk about it's it. It's true. Um, but in October, they really have a lot of conversations about it, and the women that I've um, spoken to, they really seem like they want to know about the rest, but I feel like a lot of people aren't taking it seriously, especially people who have family members who have been affected by breast cancer, they aren't taking it as seriously. And I'm just talking about like my personal family mm-hmm. as well. Some of this a right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, they don't take it seriously. And outside of October, I do not think it's a thing in peop- on the top of people' mind.
0: How would you kind of counteract that? Like, what can we do in terms of just continuing any conversation outside of October? Um, you can continue to give tips and
1: stuff. Um, But I feel like a lot of people won't really get the message, even if it's in their face, unless it affects, like, somewhere close to home. Mm -hmm. And that's really bad. But that's the only way it's going to work, in my opinion.
0: In terms of somewhere close to home, what would you share experience?
1: I'm trying Um, not to move.
0: Yeah. So I know that you would have had your own personal experience with your mom and having breast cancer. Can you tell me a little bit about that story?
1: Um, It's a very... Particular story because I actually know my mom had breast cancer until after she died. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even in the country either. She had sent me away to live with my uncle at the time. And I'm just apart my young life, you know, one life so is a little bit up. And But the weirdest thing about it is I had a feeling that my mother was sick. And that was the most, like, the creepiest experience I've ever had in my life. But because, I don't know, maybe we look alike and feel like we have that kind of connection. Yeah. But I felt as if she was sick. And it's, the day before she died, I actually talked to her. And I was saying, like, I have this weird feeling that something's going to happen. And then she was like, no, man, it's good. I'm going to see you when they come home. Like, um, whoa, that so harsh. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't It wasn't the truth. And then she died the next day. like you were still next day. Yeah, yeah, she died a couple hours later, actually. Because I talked to her in the night. And then she died, like, the early morning on August 14th. And I didn't really feel that way, but I never feel I never felt as bad as everyone else in my family did, because as I said, I already knew what was gonna happen. Like, in my thirteen-year-old heart, I had the feeling, so it had a less lesser impact on me than it did on my other family members.
0: Do you think if it happened like later on, in terms of you not being thirteen, if you would have reacted differently?
1: Um, probably because you know, if you feel like somebody's gonna die and they don't die, then you're going to be like. I really sack myself out there. And then I'm gonna have an opportunity for her to just get up and randomly die without me having that little experience that I did have. See, let like me jerky. But yeah, um it would have affected me way worse, like a bit worse if she had died when I was older because I
0: don't
1: know, I wouldn't expect it. Come and say, I thought she was sick at first and now she's good, but then she's just dead and I just can't trust it,
0: yeah. For me, mine was a little different because I was actually at uni when it Mm -hmm. happened. And I think it was second year, first semester. And you know the same thing about you kind of know something? And I got on this call late and it was my brother calling me and he was just like, I don't know if anybody told you yet, but like, mommy's not okay, like she's not okay. And I was just like, what do you mean? Because the same thing about it, I think it's the thing with Caribbean culture too. Like they try to protect you and like hide everything from you and Shelter you as they would say for me to like focus on my exams instead of telling me Else, I would have gone home like a lot sooner because I went home like probably a few days after that call and It was different because for me I took a year off and because she was in and out of chemo and stuff for like five years and Like I saw there's one chemo, and they call it like the black devil because it actually turns your veins black so that happened to her and You know, I used to have to have a shower and all these different things. And then it was very different. So I think that contrast in terms of experience and even people who, cause you know, when I put out the first episode, I was like the first thing I talked about and there was somebody who reached out to me and they were like, you know, this recently just happened to me. And I realized that everybody's experience is so different. So you can't even like help somebody per se because what do you actually see even if it happened to you already, you know? So I found, especially when I heard your story when you started the first time, it was so interesting because time is, it's weird because for you, it was kind of like static in terms of how you felt, because even though you knew it was happening, it was like, was it really happening?
1: I didn't want it to be true. So like I thought, that I, thought I was like psychic or something. Mm. So, you know, I was going through my life thinking that I knew everything based on a feeling, but it was kind of weird, but, um. What I, in terms of what you said about somebody reaching out to you and say, you know, the same thing happened, I kind of don't like telling people, like I know how you feel or yeah. anything like that. Like I just leave it alone because I personally know that I can't. I don't know what to say to this person, and I don't want nobody to say something, nothing to me. So when yeah. my mother and people are like, oh my god, I was like, stop it, don't do this, I don't want it. Like that's not the type of person I am. So I don't go out of my way to. It's going to sound bad to offer anybody kind words like that because what I'm going to say to them might not help. help. It might not make them feel any better. Yeah. It just, I just did it. And these words that just go through them ears, come out, lamp on the ground, them kick it away, anything. So I kind of do do that. I just make them move on in time. Mm, kind of sound like my heartless, but I'm not. <laughs> not. I just don't. I'm very awkward. Mm-hmm. So I don't like doing something like that and then it, like, Son away, yeah, away is my favorite word, sorry, but it's on away. It's
0: okay. Yeah. In terms of somebody who might be dealing with like their mom going through chemo or a family member going through chemo and they were just like listening to this, what would you try to tell them just in terms of dealing with their day to day?
1: This is kind of more difficult for me because when my mother was sick for years, but she didn't tell anybody, not even my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, So, and the thing is, I said, I found out after she died that she was sick because I didn't know anything. So it's not like I was there to see her going to chemo and she didn't take chemo, by the way. She just thought she was going to get better. So she just waited it out and didn't do anything. But my dad was with her um, and he doesn't, I asked him about it, but he doesn't give me like detailed accounts of what was happening. So I'm not in a position to offer that kind of advice because mm-hmm. I genuinely didn't know she just got up one day and just died. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. but.
0: Yeah. In terms of the now and just living post that happening, what did you do in just moving forward from that experience?
1: Uh, okay, so it was difficult because my mom had spent a lot of time at home and I spent a lot of time at home as well, so we were always together. Yeah. Mind you, we're not talking, we're together most of the time, but we're just always in each other's space. And so when I was at home and I'm alone, because my dad is at work, my sister is at school, I'm like, what am I gonna do? Because I always had that presence. So for a time, I just felt really lonely when I was at home, despite, you know, being at school and everything, because when I came home early, she'd usually be there. Um, But my mom also traveled a lot. So sometimes I used to tell myself that, you know, she's abroad and when she come home, you know, I'll just talk to her. And it didn't really like set in for me until after a year that your mother is not coming back. So she's and like
0: 15 or 14?
1: I was 14 mm-hmm. um, when I figured that out. And I was in my Spanish class one day at school when I had the thought, and I just started crying like when I said, Jono, they must stay home. And I was going home to so essentially myself again. Um, and it was really hard for me to accept it, cause that was really when everybody like kind of stopped grieving. That's when I started like yeah. crying all the time. I didn't want to stay home alone, and my dad was like, "You can't bring your mom back, but you can try to move forward, cause you're not gonna move on from your mom dying." Like even though I still cry about my mother, like Same. just sit on, cause I'm a, as my friend Daniel said, "I have one mother, so you can't cry," um, but I just genuinely don't like to cry about her because I always feel bad afterwards. Cause she hates when people cry. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of contradicting. Cause I just feel like she took me in my head and said, be a (laughs) balfour. So I just like, really Netanya, but I really have to cry. And it's always happened at random moments. I could be with my friends. One of my friends that was sitting down with him, I'm gonna start crying. And he's like, are you okay? I was like, but his mom died as well, you know, like, this." Uh, a couple days before my mom died, um, same year, everything. So it was kind of, you know, he was the only person I could relate to like that. And, but he doesn't cry. So when I start crying, he's just like, Netanyahu, and he tries to come for me, but it don't make sense because I'm still not that ball. (laughs) But in terms of like moving forward, I really had to try to consume myself with other things. So what
0: was that at the time?
1: At the time it was school. I didn't do any like activities or anything but I did something like how I coped with it at first was very unhealthy cuz I tried to because of her um her presence not being in my life anymore I tried to be more like her like how she was and everything so my interests big turned to what she was interested in 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 um even though it made me unhappy, I still did it, because I felt like if I'm going to do something like this, I can be close to my mother, um, to feel that relationship. Because we never had a good relationship, and I felt bad. So she's just dead and we we'll just can't power no more. And so I tried to be more like her, uh, tried to live in her image. Like I even cut my hair like her on one time. Like it was, I was obsessed with being like her, and it was very unhealthy, because it wasn't making me happy. but. At the end of the day, people say, "You know, you look like your mother," and I always feel a little oh, bit better. And mm-hmm. um, it's not until I reached, I was at university, that I was like, Mm-mm, "This can't work," because I so did not was like years. Yes, it was about five or it was six years. Cause yeah, because when I was 19, I was like, "I've got to, go to start, honestly. So yeah I just try to be myself after that because I'm saying me being her is not gonna assist this situation I have a lot of dreams about her um I talk to her I talk to her sometimes she doesn't answer because if she answered then I'd be crazy <laughs> um, but I do talk to her like you know like my friend my dream, and I just felt. Because I was at a really low point when I decided that I had to stop doing this. So I know that I felt comfort in talking to her one day after I was telling her that I can't do this anymore. I need to do what I like. C- I kind of sound crazy. No. <laughs> but yeah, I was telling her that I need to do what I like. I can't live like this anymore. And yeah. After this whole hour of talking to myself, I felt peaceful. I mean, I said, John, I this and I decided for a long time. Like, yesterday, I eat it up yourself. But yeah, that was how I moved forward with it. Healthy and- unhealthy. So that was
0: like your little therapy session because I actually want to ask you if you ever went to therapy at all.
1: I did went to therapy. I did go to therapy, but um, not for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just for like school. School, <laughs> school did mess up, I don't want to curse, but yeah, school was really messed up for me. So I went to therapy for that.
0: So I want to talk about males and breast cancer do you think that men should get tested as well?
1: They should. Mm-hmm. Even though breast cancer in men um, is very rare,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can be one of those rare cases. So you can literally never know. So you know, check out your breasts, breast, <laughs> breast specialists, everything. Because men love breasts, so why not just check out your own?
0: Hmm,
1: that's very insightful. I'm gonna <laughs> put that on a shirt.
0: I so you're gonna tweet it? <laughs> no, I'm gonna put it on a shirt. Right. Um, so one thing, I do want to get into as well it's just I know that you have somebody else that's super close to you that as you said your friend had a similar experience in terms of losing his mom and he said he didn't cry and that actually that actually like because like, men don't usually cry as well especially in Jamaica just how the society is and I feel like crying is still therapeutic even though you said
1: it's my favorite thing to do yeah
0: even though you, because you know, it's funny. There's a mm-hmm. post that says, "Crying session at my place at 8, <laughs> Like, pull through. Yeah, uh, it's like a picture. That's of that. my
1: WhatsApp BP. Yeah, crying session at my place, mm-hmm. 8 p.m.
0: Yeah. So, what do you think about that? Because a lot of people still feel men, especially, that they can't cry, that they shouldn't.
1: I mean, if I want to cry, I'm not gonna lie. I've cried so. But men feel a lot of people when they cry, they feel weak. But a cry, crying is not a sign of weakness. Like. Yeah, can't Not crying is weak, right? Right? <laughs> Saying that out loud. Um, but crying takes a lot of strength because your mind is so full. And then when you listen sort to of tears, like you listen to your mind to me. And when you finish crying, you feel so light.
0: not like crying, it's like you go, honestly. Listen, yeah. yeah.
1: Like you just don't talk to your the, the best therapist in the world. And you feel really light and then your, your mind is clear so you have like a better chance of making better decisions about anything actually so I, my best decisions come from after I cry so I have to cry first so if minimum one ball I find a reason to cry. yeah I cry almost every Sunday putting that out there like every week Do you see my Instagram post? every <laughs> Sunday I ask what time do we cry on Sundays and then I find the time I'm just ball then go into the new week. Feeling refreshed. I think I'm kind of weird though, so not a lot of people gonna do that. But crying is definitely a strong people thing because the African be in touch with the emotions, cry it out, um, basically cry it out. That's my advice to everybody watching this now. Cry it out, <laughs> ball it out, ball out.
0: Yeah. All right. So to wrap up, what's one piece of advice you'd leave to especially female listeners about just being aware of yourself? and your health in terms of breast cancer awareness?
1: Your Health is very serious. Don't only take your breast serious in October. Your breast should be serious all the time. <laughs> you can ask a man. He will always tell you that breast is always serious. <laughs> um, but don't think, and I'm gonna reiterate my first point, um, don't think that it can't happen to you because you could be walking down the road and you feel a lump in your breast or your breast feel different. You should know your breasts because your yeah, breast them when they develop their one way and if anything seems off, then you should go and check it out because it's not only a lump show you that to have breast cancer. There yeah. are other signs like, you know, one breast is swollen. Irritation, um, irritation, redness. Yeah, stuff like that. So no other signs, right? Don't think it can happen to you because Don't think because can. you are
0: young as well that it can't happen to you either.
1: That is true. A lot of people are yeah. getting cancer really young. Eat properly, right? Even though that's a... Whole health thing on a whole, not just a breast, but yeah. And you can do self exams as well, but don't depend on them all the time to tell you that you don't have breast cancer. Do your mama, grandma, your breast ultrasound. Don't be, don't be idiot. Sorry, don't be stupid.
0: All right. Does it need to be a wrap up? Okay. I usually do a voice over at the end, so that's why I don't wanna wrap it up here. <laughs> <laughs> what is he saying? All right, so just like a user and your
1: podcast, just look at the camera.
0: Uh the ultra and also the back. Yeah, so you could do a ultra for. All right, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this special episode. Um, if you need any tips, I'm going to be providing some service tips that are free resources that you can check out in Jamaica in terms of just getting tested in case you can't afford getting checked up yourself. I want to thank Natanya so much for being on the episode and just, like, bringing her own unique and genuine story. And tell them where they can find you. You can find me on the
1: Internet. You can find my Instagram, Life of Nets. I don't really tweet that much anymore, so yeah. Not
0: even going to plug Net Chat
1: podcast. Yes, right. <laughs> I have a podcast as well. So Net Chat podcast at Gmail. <laughs> Net Chat podcast on Instagram and Twitter, okay. and you can find us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, EveryCloud, everything. Can see me on the road and say hi as well. Yeah. Yo, people ask me for my Net Chat email so much that I keep saying Gmail like